0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chair Shop Media Group. I am Mags and with me as always, my podcast wife and the Stop Cube extraordinaire, Mr Paul Toller. Paul, how are you? I'm I'm fuming, mate. What are you fuming about? The revelations that that have happened post (laughs) pre-recording.
1: This is just a setup from the start, I can tell. What what happened was the last time we did uh, Badlands tag team, we had Ricky and Clive on, and uh, they had my back throughout. Mm-hmm. I think it must be like Celtic Brotherhood. So now you've brought the Northern powerhouse on, and I can tell from the pre-chat, I'm just in for it tonight.
0: But to be fair, both these guys like you way more than they like me. They both side with you. You just kind of ruin it for yourself with your horrific food takes and uh, your questionable uh, antics in in parks.
1: I'm impossible to maintain support for
0: yeah you're literally the tory government you get all the goodwill (laughs) and then you just wreck it for yourself (laughs) but we may as well uh introduce the the two guys who we're we're speaking about um both absolutely just brilliant to to talk with on on wrestling twitter uh we've got um we've got dan griffin and we've got utt rob how are you two guys not too bad, Sam, Ags. How about yourself? Doing good? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, ex- well, I was excited about this uh, this topic. I think it's going to be maybe, maybe the hardest editing I've ever had to do. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing really, really well. Yeah, sorry about that pre, uh, pre-intro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Rob? Uh, I'm doing good and all I can say is I'm uh, going to be staying away from the park for a long time after the uh, pre-intro. <laughs>
0: I don't think we'll even need to explain what's going on. If, if you if you're really desperate to know, listeners, go and check out at Five Nerds. Go for a bit of an explanation of what Tully's been up to, and just know that we're all disgusted at him. Allegedly, <laughs> that's the button. I'm going to edit that allegedly out.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what's been said about me. That's the that's the scary thing.
0: But you instantly know it's probably true. <laughs> But guys you you two have both been on the show before you are uh, you you regulars to to Badlands so uh, you can't uh, add to our collated Mount Rushmore of uh, the greatest wrestlers so I thought we'd uh, we'd change tack a little bit for an opener and and go with uh the greatest uh, referees of all time so we'll all come up with a uh, a Mount Rushmore and a little bit of explanation why each one makes the cut uh guests can go first so seeing as you're a you two are a tag team uh you can decide between yourself who, who goes first, and who goes second. We should have probably talked about this before, eh, Rob. <laughs> you know <laughs> how tag
1: teaming up. works. You, you talk about it in the corner.
3: Yeah. And then one so of we're you. Just try,
1: we're, just, we're just trying to act like we've not strategized. That's all. <laughs> um, like, I can see you pushing Rob away into the corner there. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've got this. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go. go for, I'll go for. I'll
3: go first, and you can go first for the uh, for the bit later on if you like. A yeah, plucky young imagine. lion wants in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the youngest one on this recording, to be fair. Is you, that right, you're, boys? You're the, just just well. throw that out there.
0: <laughs> I dare sure. say I'm, I'm the oldest. I look the oldest. I feel the oldest. I think i have just Shady Mags. L- literally just. Right. <laughs> so I'm the, the Tanhashin, you're the Tenzan. Uh, yeah, but, but, uh, you're difficult. the Nagata. <laughs> And Tolly's Yoshihashi.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm de- I'm definitely prone to falling on my face.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> right,
3: okay, <laughs> referees. <clears throat> Sorry, it sounds like I was setting up for a speech, then I'm not, I've just got something in my throat. Um, my first pick is uh, a guy who refereed for 30 years, one of the longest, uh, longest tenured referees I could find. Started out in Georgia Championship Wrestling and Jim Crockett Promotions right through WCW to WWE. It's Nick Patrick. Um, Great pick. It was... I sort of got my next three picks first, and then I, I was down to two. I was down to Nick Patrick and Earl Hebner. But quite frankly, fuck Earl Hebner because he screwed Brett over and proceeded to milk that shit for the... Well, until present day. So, uh, yeah, Nick Patrick got in. He was the official ref of the NWO, as we all know. He refereed all the matches at, uh, on sold out, which, to my knowledge... He's the only referee, at least in the US, to go solo on a pay per view? Uh, yeah, just in for his uh, in for his longevity,
0: really. Solid pick. He's not on my list, but he's a he's a very very good referee. Um, do you want to do one each, Rob?
2: Or... Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Um, I did consider Nick Patrick, I, I did think about it for a long time. Uh, so my first uh, one is somebody started out in Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, went through um, WCW, went to um, WWE, feuded with Nick Patrick during the invasion because it's Earl Hebner. So we've gone the exact <laughs> uh, opposite, opposite way on that one. Um, Fuck him. You know, been, yeah. I mean, he was there for Hogan and Andre with the um, uh, Dave Hebner uh, twin brother uh, switch sort of thing. Um, yes, he had the Montreal screw job, and yes, he did milk it because he did it again in TNA with uh, AJ Styles and... Um, uh, angle, so he did the uh, screw job yet again. Um, he even had a um, romance um, angle with Madison rain in TNA, where he was uh, letting her win because uh, he thought they were in a relationship, uh, although she was just using him. Uh, went on to be a TNA Hall of Famer, um, just just an all-round legend, really. Uh, he's even doing AEW pay-per-views now. So um, yeah, I, I had to had to get him in there, and uh, just because Nick Patrick's rival, that's worked perfectly.
3: Almost like we know each other, in it, Rob? It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of the others are going to tie up. That's it now. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, for my next pick, I'm going across to Japan. Uh, and again, for, for longevity, uh, and a few bits I'll get to, it's so Tiger Hattori. He refereed, albeit uh, some of it part-time, towards the end for 38 years. He was actually a university Greco-Roman wrestling champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, brought to the US by Hiro Matsuda uh, to work as a trainer in the fundamentals of pro wrestling. actually I had a hand in uh, training Hulk Hogan after, I believe it was Hiro Matsuda broke Hogan's leg and he came back.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, he was a manager for Masa Saito and Killer Khan in the territories. Uh, he did work briefly for Bill Watts, uh, worked his way up to be the head ref of, uh, of New Japan, um, followed Ricky Choshu around a little bit, but he's refereed some of the most high-profile uh, high matches in New Japan. I actually had the uh, the fortune of uh, uh, of seeing him referee uh, one of his fan uh, was definitely his final match in Britain, but one of his final matches was uh, Rampage Brown versus Ishii for WCPW. They brought him across just to just to referee that match.
0: Wow! Oh
3: wow! So yeah, uh, Tagitar is my uh, my next pick. A, a solid pick, it's on my list
2: um, so I think we have talked um, pre-show sure about this with uh, ones where you could have gone one way or the other because I've gone for Red Shoes so that's uh, the other side of, <laughs> of of that going too um, so we uh, started out um, in SWS did War, did All Japan, New Japan um, he chose the name as a tribute to uh, Red Shoes Duggan who was an American referee, don't know if anyone's heard of him I'm nope. Assuming it's not a hack saw Jim
0: with red shoes on, but because uh, <laughs> 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 he had an affinity of just wearing red shoes and nothing
2: um, else. <laughs> well, he, yeah, but he sometimes wears a red belt as well, so it's not just uh, it's not just shoes. Um, had a um 20th anniversary show to New Japan that they um uh organized for him. Um, he um is an absolute bump machine, sort of always getting knocked over when he fights back with uh, the wrestlers, uh, quite comically. Um, just, um, you know, famous things like that. he uh, took from um, Tamatonga. Um, you know, he yeah, absolutely felt like uh, a pack of spuds. It's uh, brilliant. But, uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, I, as I said, I can't imagine the next two were going to be uh, this well-matched, but uh, well <laughs> so far. Uh,
3: yeah, well, my next one is, sorry, it's, it's partially longevity, but also because he's done everything in wrestling, including have the odd, the odd match. Obviously, he's, he's not... You know he's not a wrestler, but it's, it's Teddy Long. He started out as an errand boy uh, in Jim Crockett Promotions. It uh, went up through being ring crew and came in as a referee. His first major match uh, was in uh, 1989 when he he was actually a replacement uh, for the original referee for Steamboat versus Flair at the uh, the town Rumble. Um, then he was uh, he became a heel after that. Went on to be a manager um, throughout WCW. Um, he was. Uh, <laughs> He was also a DJ on the road for Kevin Sullivan and Eddie Gilbert, which is how, uh, which I think is how he they uh, they actually ended up putting him into that more prominent manager's role. Um, Refed in WWE from '98 uh, to 2002, went back to being a heel manager, and he was also just one of the best GMs. I think they've they've probably ever had tag team Teddy uh, getting people to go one on one with the Undertaker. Um, yeah, just just absolutely love the bloke. Just full of personality. Um, yeah, he's fantastic.
0: <laughs> That's a great pick.
3: Yeah, this one isn't going to match up to Teddy Long
2: <laughs> <laughs> at all. Um, So my uh, next pick um, started wrestling in the 1950s uh, with his uh, two brothers, uh, Max and Shirley. It's uh, Brian Crabtree of uh, World of Sport fame. Um, he actually got um, injured in a trios match uh, with the other two, so maybe they could have made... Um the next section, but um he decided that um referees work every night and uh, don't have to take any bombs. So he thought that'd be a better career move. Um so in the 1970s, when his brother Max became the main booker creative force behind World of Sport, he brought in um Brian to be the referee slash um ring announcer, depending on the show and he brought in Shirley as Big Daddy to be the main face of the company. So between them, there were the booking power, the face of the company, the referee slash announcer, you know, they had sort of all the bases uh, covered. Uh, He refereed at um, all of the big Wembley shows they did in the early 80s, that kind of thing, just um, sort of iconic in terms of what he did for British wrestling and, um, you know, the the sort of the stranglehold that that family had on uh, wrestling at the time.
0: That that's some McMahon style uh, booking there. <laughs> yeah, we got another great pick though. That is that is the most robbed
3: pick uh, that could possibly be. And I thought you'd have saved that for last, to be honest, mate. Oh, you're
2: gonna love the last one. The last one, the most Rob pick.
3: <laughs> is it is it Aubrey Edwards? No, no. You're, you're your, your favourite referee.
2: <sighs> if if we're talking about people who, if they were given some uh, table tennis rackets, could marshal a plane into. Uh, the, uh, the landing thing. <laughs> I mean, to, uh, well, to be fair, I, I'm kind of, I feel a bit guilty about doing best refs because I kind of like it when a ref doesn't make themselves noticed. Like mm-hmm. if a ref hasn't become the centre of attention, unless they're going to be in a Would a like, um, uh, you know, Nick Patrick was or whatever. Um, I think they've done a good job if you can't remember them. Um, but... Uh, I can't watch an Edwards match without being distracted by the crazy flailing arms. She's like a Bailey buddy, but in real life. And, uh, <laughs> and the other thing that really annoys me, she wears red lipstick when it's an important match. So that implies that all the matches when she doesn't wear red lipstick aren't important. So if she doesn't care, why should I? And that is killing the business.
0: <laughs> oh, I knew so what put feet, i, what is. I knew what put 50p in the dickhead with that one. <laughs> just me Aubrey Edwards now.
3: <laughs> nah it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um I've gone for it was just it was my favourite referee growing up and I was never quite sure why. But the more I've learned about the bloke over the years, I just liked him more and more. Because he had a bit of a baptism of fire into into wrestling. And it's uh, it's Tim White. Um he started refing part time in nineteen eighty five. He was uh he was he was Andre's agent, obviously, you know, his best friend. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine some of the shit that man's seen and participated in the drinking sessions and all that um he went full-time in 1993 refereed for uh, for another nine years full-time he was the referee for the uh, the infamous hell in a cell between undertaker and mankind um sadly he was uh, he was injured um in 2002 during the triple h jericho hell in a cell match actually watch that back he does he does take a he takes a bump off the apron into the cell and down to the floor. And it's just, he goes down like a sack of spuds, like, but not in a good way, like red shoes. He just really just clatters into the floor. Um, He returned briefly uh, in 2004, WrestleMania 20 to referee Jericho Christian, but he re-injured his shoulder. Um, Maybe not remarkable for some, as I say, just when I was a kid, i just always remember him being there. And I think there was the, um, it was the, uh, the referee sort of rebellion, in, uh, I think it was either the late 90s or the early 2000s. This has actually only just come back to me now, so it's all off the top of my head. And he was, I was remembering being, uh, being sort of very prominent in that, along with Earl Hebner. That could be right or wrong. I was a kid. I don't know. Um, but on researching Tim White, I went down a bit of a YouTube rabbit hole because he did a thing at Armageddon 2005. Which and I don't know if you guys remember
0: a, this. his map was pick. Uh, oh, right. and, I, I, and it's literally because of this What you're going to go into
3: the uh, it was, So the, the segment in 2005 Was Josh Matthews was there In all his mm. ill-fitting suit Frosted tip Floppy-haired glory Trying to interview Tim White Because the hell in a cell had ruined Tim White's career They're in his bar, the friendly tap And Tim's just not responding to him He's just sat there, he's pounding shots He's drinking a beer And then he gets a shotgun out from under the bar goes into it saying how much he hates the hell in a cell ruined his life he's been he's gone down such a rabbit hole alienated all his friends and family then he walks off screen and you hear a gunshot implying that he'd committed suicide i think it was the next SmackDown or a couple of weeks later they said oh no he just shot himself in the foot and they did another segment where tim white then tried to hang himself this became a wwe.com skit every week called the lunchtime suicide bloody hell <laughs> it was 16 weeks he'd been to, interviewed by matthews every week and saying oh yeah i've come to see how he's getting along Bloody, blah, bloody, blah, blah, blah and he'd try and kill himself in a different way every week and i noted down just a few uh he tried to ha- obviously try to hang himself he had a toaster in a in a bathtub he slit his wrists which was complete with sound effects and ketchup blood uh, he chained a brick around his neck and tried to drown himself in a fish tank he tried to intentionally give himself mad cow disease in a laboratory where he just drank it. It just had mad cow disease on it. It started frothing at the mouth and all of this bullshit. <laughs> he strangled himself while on the phone to Matthews, who was at the headquarters of a suicide hotline. He chucked himself into an industrial-sized fan, coating Matthews in what looked like chunky marinara sauce. He got shot in the head by an assassin that he paid off. <laughs> It was just absolutely fucking insane. And looking back on it now, it's such bad taste. But you just got Matthews there, just watching him do all this horrible shit. It's going, oh, Mr. Mike, Mr. White, that's not wise. That's not wise. That's not wise. And it ended with, <laughs> with Tim White hosting a celebration of friendship for Matthews and all the WWE.com viewers in his bar. And it ended with Tim White murdering Josh Matthews with the shotgun that he initially failed to kill himself with
0: the best way to end it long-term <laughs> Well it was 16 weeks so it's longer yeah. than any current wwe <laughs> angle the the best one of those for me was when he uh, when he tried to eat the rat poison and fell over in his <laughs> chair <laughs> he fell over backwards didn't he yeah <laughs> no that's a great pick and for all, for that exact reason is why it's going to be my first pick but uh we'll let rob finish off his mount rushmore I don't know how I can follow that. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely, completely blown me out of the water. Pick like, Aubrey oh, Edwards. That's the best way to <laughs> follow it. Aubrey <laughs> Edwards, yes,
2: was brilliant, yeah. Um, so my next pick is El Hijo del Tarantes, um, the, uh, which translated is the son of suspenders, and he wears suspenders just like his father did. He's a uh, referee in um, AAA. He uh, started out as a wrestler, but in 97, he transitioned into being a referee. Um, so... Nominally he's a technico which is sort of the uh, lucha libre for face. Um, but he can sort of be persuaded to the Rudo side, uh, depending on the match. Um he's had famous rivalries with Abismo Negro, uh, a really famous rivalry with Fabio Apache, which is quite interesting because it's like this intergender um rivalry. So you've got the referee against sort of the famous female wrestler. Although intergender is a lot more popular in Mexico. Um first happened when he um caused her to lose at, um, triple menu 18 in 2010. Um, the rivalry is still going on now. Um, they had a match in, um, 2019, um, again, that he lost at, uh, Venero de los Grado. Um, it's, it's just, well, storytelling in AAA moves at a glacial pace at the best of times, but just the fact that, um, they've managed to string this out for uh, nearly 10 years and, uh, whenever he referees a match that involves her is uh, cheating and then he'll just referee another another match normally um just because he's uh, that biased. So uh I, I think it's absolutely yeah absolutely great. And the the way that they've the story only appears when there needs to be a story. The rest of the time he just fades into the background. Um which again was what I was getting to earlier. So I've only make a point of being there when there's a point. Yeah. Otherwise just by, you know, don't don't get noticed.
0: I mean, I don't know anything about that referee, but it, it does sound like quite a character. Son of Suspenders, did you say his name was? That's what it translates to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it's a good or a bad pick. It's epic. I don't know anything about him. But uh, four very uh, unique Mount Rushmore's there. Um I'll go first on ours, then Paul. If you if you don't mind seeing as uh, Rob's pretty uh as Dan's pretty much to- said everything about man. I'm going for for Tim Watt. I think uh, kind of like the same way uh, of, of Rob's view that referees are, are the best when they kind of fade into the background uh, until there is a need for the storyline. And and Tim Watt was was that kind of referee. You you didn't really hear of him getting involved in 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 the matches uh, in in any kind of impartial way. Um but yeah the it was all about the lunchtime suicides for me it was absolutely just brilliant. I remember watching them uh when they were when they came out and then going back and, and re-watching them again recently. It's just it's just comically stupid. Uh so yeah I'm gonna go with Tim White for my first pick. I didn't even know it, they existed until like this until last week. Did you not you know, by, no
3: bypass me completely and I just what, wow. spent however long it was because only a couple of minutes each just sat there going yeah. what the fuck is this?
0: Well, they, get, they get more and more surreal as you go along as well. Yeah, well, it shits all over Jer- uh, Kevin Owens and Jericho's
3: Festival of Friendship, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> so, Paul, what, who's your first pick of uh, the best referees?
1: I feel woefully unprepared compared to you three. I thought this was like an, uh, a little amuse-bouche. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're just going to say the name, aren't you? Just, just say,
1: say it. my name. <laughs> yeah, Earl Hebner was my first one uh just because he kind of all the big wrestling memories i have he he seemed to be there um so i had, I had to pick him
0: It's a, a solid pick and he's my second pick earl ebner was on mine as well um and it's for for all the reasons that that you eloquently just put them paul and all the ones <laughs> that that uh, rob covered earlier but i think for me the main reason why i picked earl ebner is because of how much of a grifter him and his brother were the fact that they got fired from wwe for selling knockoff merchandise that's just absolutely quality (laughs) and just they had to go on 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 the list just for that so he's a criminal as well as a bastard (laughs) (laughs) and he he he, he did help screw brett which is good in his favor i suppose (laughs) Were,
1: were they selling any of those um meat warming slippers
0: Oh, not slippers trainers Sorry, trainers sneakers we, we will get to them don't you worry about that that's All a right. whole other show um
1: number two red number shoes you know because i just love that you it's can basically so... murder someone uh before you even get disqualified by red shoes you know i think that's great great
0: yeah and it, it's so charismatic as well it's a great referee uh he didn't met my list uh but my third is uh, another one that's already been mentioned, Tiger Hattori. Uh, the fact that he got um, a farewell tour just shows the kind of uh, the influence and and uh, the respect that they have for him over in in New Japan. And like, um, like Dan said, he he kind of travelled the world following now uh, Ricky Choshu around. And uh, now I believe he's uh, the foreign liaison officer for for New Japan. So yeah, my th- uh, third pick's uh, Tiger Hattori good good pick Thank you. um <laughs> my third pick
1: uh like dan is teddy long um just because he because he, basically what he did after refereeing um he really kind of made a made another career after refereeing and uh, and he, he's, he's very charismatic and uh, and like dan said a very good gm
0: Yep, another great pick. Uh, I'm gonna actually finish with one that's not been mentioned, and I'm actually surprised with uh, with the kind of knowledge of wrestling that that we four have. I'm surprised they haven't been mentioned before now. Uh, Charles Robinson, I'm gonna go with. Uh, obviously, a Little niche idolized uh, Ric Flair as he was growing up, kind of wanted to emulate uh, Tommy Young uh, in his kind of refereeing style. Um, obviously. Went to uh, WCW, apparently tried to uh, repeatedly to get a job there and was turned down multiple times, Uh, but he actually signed in 1997 for them. In 1999, he was the the official heel referee of the Four Horsemen, uh, which led to him living his dream of working with his hero, Ric Flair. Uh, and that kind of angered like the faces, especially like uh, Randy Savage, who ended up getting uh, suspended by Ric Flair, who was acting as president then, and he proposed a match between uh, Charles Robinson and Gorgeous George with uh, Randy's reinstatement on the line. So that's where we got the the debut of Little Nature, where he came out in the in the robe and he was doing all these heroes mannerisms. Um, Going into his uh, WWE career, kind of transitioned over with the with the inversion angle, and he was Nick Patrick's understudy in the Clash of the Referees, uh, and then in his time in WWEs, is refereed pretty much. A, a who's who of big matches uh, refereed Ric Flair at WrestleMania 24 uh, World Heavyweight Tile matches at Mania's 22, 23 and 24 Re- uh, ref the main event of WrestleMania 26 when Undertaker retired Shawn Michael so the guy has literally done it all and he's also took a lot of injuries in the ring as well he's dislocated his elbow uh, nearly had his thumb chopped off broke multiple fingers and uh, tore a muscle in his foot so yeah I'm going to go with a uh, With Little Nates, Charles Robinson to round my list off. But he's never intentionally contracted mad cow disease. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shot Josh Matthews. (laughs) That's always getting your brownie points, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) When you've got your own bar called The Friendly Tap, you're instantly the the best referee that ever lived.
3: I'd love to go to that bar, if it still exists.
0: I have no idea. Um, So, yeah, my last pick is uh, Charles Robinson. Okay,
1: and I, my last pick is Mike Kyoda, because I saw I think Chris Jericho tweet last week that Mike Kyoda was the best referee in the world. So I thought he must be all right.
3: You're really gonna trust Jericho's opinion after he's been liking Trump tweets and <laughs> playing playing COVID festivals. Fair play. Fair. <laughs>
1: um yeah, I did I didn't have a fourth pick, so um I saw that and thought, well, yeah, that'll do.
0: Wow. And you are the co-host of the show. And you come with the least preparation. Brilliant. <laughs> I've, I've, never, I've never sat down to
1: watch a good... I never like buy a pay-per-view and think, right, oh, I'm going to watch some really good refereeing, yeah?
0: That's that's fair, but you knew the topic. You could have like, looked into the careers of these referees.
1: I know. I put all my effort into my trios. Okay, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, we'll get, we'll
3: go. get,
0: I think, we'll I think
1: get... my internet's break, breaking up.
3: <laughs> we'll get three sentences instead of one.
0: <laughs> right then let's uh let's test paul's theory that he's put loads of effort into his uh into his trio's uh let's get on with the main topic so guys uh let's go with you first who's going uh who's going first to to complete your mount Rushmore the the greatest wrestling trio's and it is very very loose for context we've had a lot of discussion uh in the in the pre uh pre dms about how how strict the rulings are. So basically, it's any any group that's known as a threesome. Uh, they could have had more uh, members. It doesn't really matter as long as there were three of them at one time or another. Uh, that's that's the general rule. It's on you then, Rob.
2: Right. So I've been teasing you all in uh, in the DMs that I was going to go for a uh, uh, a team that was famous for a uh, a running WCW that liked to sing that liked to dance. That had a questionable fourth member um, that people like to forget. So I'm going to go with the fabulous Freebirds. Um, they um, obviously the epitome of uh, trios wrestling the Freebirds rule. Um, the fabulous Freebirds version I'm going with is Michael um, um, Buddy Rob uh, Roberts and Terry Gordy. I'm going to ignore Bad Street um, in the WCW incarnation to count as the free. Um, obviously, say uh, the Freebird rule. Um, they are supposedly the team that got pop music or whatever as an entrance theme first. It had only ever been classical music before with uh, Leonard Skinner's Freebird, um, which isn't true, actually, because Big Daddy had um, the uh, Seekers' We Shall Not Be Moved before they had um, that, so that's a, another win for British wrestling. Um, but, <laughs> but, but but it's a close second. It's a close second. Uh, Big Daddy actually recorded a version of his fame, which the Freebirds did as well with uh, Bad Street USA, so... Uh, There's a lot of uh, uh, crossover. Um, They had famous rivalries uh, in WCCW with the Von Eriks, with the Road Warriors in the AWA. Um, And they were in um, the opening scene, well, the opening scene in present day in Highlander. Um, There was a match, um, supposedly, at Madison Square Garden, although I don't think it was actually filmed there, against uh, Greg Gagne, the Tonga Kid, and uh, Jumping Jim Bronzel. Um, So they made a little bit of a crossover into the... uh, Mainstream as well. Um, so yeah, I'm going with the fabulous free birds.
3: Fair enough. I'll uh, I'll save my veto. I had, uh, I, had going- all, I had I had one all lined up. I had one all lined up for three count. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me. What so are you gonna do if his out
0: next pick isn't beat a three count?
3: I'll I'll enjoy the rest of my day. <laughs> 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 yeah, I can't right. fault the three birds. I've not seen much of them myself. Um, to be perfectly honest, I've gone back, watched a few bits. I know them by reputation, um,
0: but yeah, can't fault it. Yeah, it's a great pick. Uh, Tolly, it's your turn first.
1: Yeah. Well, Rob set me up a little bit here because um, uh, there's a there's a link with Michael Hayes in mine because I'm going for Team Extreme, the Matt and Jeff Hardy and leader. Yeah. Um, one of the main reasons is they, they were just um, kind of one of my favorite things to watch when I was growing up. Um, obviously, the Hardy Boys came into WWE in 1998, um, started out jo- jobbing in their, uh, in their plaid tights. Then uh, they got picked up by Michael Hayes as their manager and actually won their first tag team championships under him. Then they went on to the new brood. Um kind of and, and you know the brood could arguably be, be in the running for the trios here. Uh, they replaced Edge and Christian as Gangrel's disciples, um, which put them kind of in a long, a long uh, kind of career feud, if you like, with Edge and Christian. Um in that feud the Hardys won the, the Terry Invitational Tournament, um, earning the services of five nerds go favourite Terry Runnels, and I she got a mention in our pre-show. And um and so, by the end of 1999, the Hardys had already been in like three successful trios with Michael Hayes, with Gangrel, with Terry Runnels. They'd won tag team titles. They'd start carving out a good, good reputation for themselves. But I think it was when um, when Lita joined them uh, to form Team Extreme. I think uh, that really took them to the next level. I think they were just revolutionary in in WWE. Really, they revolutionized the. The WWE tag team division, and later revolutionized WWE um, women's division. Um, They had, you know, they always exciting. They had unique kind of unique wrestling style as well as unique kind of dress style. um, Capable of things that we'd never really seen in WWE before. And like I said, with with the Hardys, along with Edge and Christian and Dudley, has made the tag division kind of must see. um, pioneered had pioneered. New match types like TLC, Lita main-evented RAW with Trish Stratus and Stephanie McMahon, kind of putting the women's division on the map for a little bit, and um, and kind of she showed she could mix it up with the men too, um, kind of getting involved in the TLCs, uh, competing in intergender tag matches, and she fought Dean Malenko for the light heavyweight championship. I think Lita really kind of offered Team Extreme and the Hardys a, a unique threat at that time. And um, Lita, she, Lita's a four-time women's champion, Hall of Famer. Hardy's are a nine-time WWE Tag Team Champion, one Tag Team Championship, TNA, Ring of Honor. Jeff's obviously had a massively successful solo career, and Matt's been very creative, kind of tour de force as well. So I think um, I've, I, I think they're a very unique trio, and I, I'd put them on my Mount Rushmore. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's a great pick. Um, I am tempted to veto just because you said how much you you really liked him.
1: Uh, <laughs> That's the reason to veto.
3: <laughs> I've got to apologise as well, Paul. I was I had my hands up in the air giving you the wanker sign because I thought you were going to pick
0: the Hardys and Doc Hendricks. <laughs> <laughs> that would have definitely got a veto. Um, no, I'm going to hold off because I I do like Jeff and, and Matt. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll leave we'll we'll leave them on they can stay on.
1: Oh, you're very kind.
0: <laughs> I know, I'm feeling kind. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to you, Dan, for your first uh, pick on on yours and Rob's uh, Mount Rushmore. Well, contrary to what Rob said in the
3: uh, the pre-show, the M's. I'm not going with some obscure British wrestling trio that have only ever wrestled in front of twelve people. <laughs> um, I'm going for probably the most recognisable game-changing trio in wrestling history, and it's the N.W.O. But uh, obviously, specifically Hogan, Hall, and Nash. <laughs> it's not something I saw live because I wasn't. I didn't sort of have access to WCW. Uh, growing up, I was very much a WW, uh, WWF guy, and but I've gone back, watched it, watched WCW week by week, and they really were fantastic. That was probably the it was definitely the biggest single heel turn of all time when Hogan came out, Bash at the Beach, revealed himself as the third man, and to be honest, that whole, obviously the invasion angle has been said multiple times, blurring the lines. Is it real? Is it fake? Is it story? Is it are they actually? Is Scott Hall actually there? just fucking about just winding people up and even individually they are three of the most decorated wrestlers ever i think between i have noted it down hogan seven world titles nash six world titles 12 tag titles across wwe wcw tna uh and an ic title scott hall four ic titles two us titles nine tag titles across the awa wcw and tna the uh, one TV title reign, USWA heavyweight champion, and it was to a point where they were regularly pelted with crap from the crowd—natural crap, but you know, rubbish just thrown in the ring—and that sort of magic will probably, well, it'll never happen again because of obviously safety concerns, etc. And that's, so, you know, that's probably it's probably right to be fair, but that level of anger and vitriol to actually have. A, a beer or a drink that you've paid good money for to just lob it at, to hit to despise someone so much to lob it at them—it's so bloody rare. And they were—they were just looking back on it. They were just absolute shitheads. Were, <laughs> and thought there was the incident with the police being called as well, with the backstage attack—the infamous uh, Mysterio lawn dart—and mm-hmm. the cops that uh, were actually called from people, uh, people watching it. Or Was it people just passing by at Disney? Yeah. It, see, it, I mean it, the the angle. Sorry, carry on.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say it was just it was so different to the wrestling that was going on then. like you knew it was scripted. You knew it was a TV show. That you, it was almost like what is going to happen because they they were booking by the seat of the pants, and you could tell that, and it was exciting. So it's a great pick. Yeah. Well, the angle
3: the angle got bloated and whatnot, and the faction got just too big for its boots, and they were trying to manufacture the invasion. But that original trio of Hogan, Hall, and Nash were just so revolutionary. And then they even got brought back, obviously in 2001, that was what it was, but we got one of, if not the biggest WrestleMania match and moment of all time with the Clash of the Year, which, with Rock and Hogan. And even when they were brought back, out of out it's been Sting's corner for the, uh, for the Triple H Sting match um, at WrestleMania 31. Say what you want about that match, but how cool was it to finally see The NWO and DX, the original members, Mm -hmm. facing off.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, NWO. It's a solid pick, but whether it stays on is up to Rob.
2: Well, I can't argue with it. I mean, I've got them on my short list as well. And um, as someone who is old enough to have watched it at the time, I show my uh, great age, um, it, it did legitimately at the start feel like WWF were invading WCW when... Scott Hall um, came out and cut that promo about you know who I am sort of thing. He was sort of blurring the lines between kayfabe and reality in a way that that hadn't happened before, and it it was completely completely changed the game and completely changed the industry. And um, on a side note, I think the NWO had a little life hack that we could all learn from. Um, they had it originally in the contracts that they'd get a, uh, a dustbin full of beer bottles at every uh, every show, and after a couple of shows, they realised that the empties were causing them a lot of trouble because they weighed so much. So they changed the contract to cans so they could crush them down. So that that's a uh, a good lesson for life there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cans are the way to go. <laughs> I didn't even know so that about yeah. the contract. That's a that's a cool little story there so on to me for my first pick on our Mount Rushmore uh, I'm tempted to go with uh, with uh, the pick that Rob um, that yeah no it was Rob uh, the fabulous three birds uh, but I'm going to maybe keep that like, in my back pocket in case I need to veto Paul uh, I'm going to go with Demolition I think now Demolition were originally a tag team with Bill Eder and Randy Kohler, uh, but after a few matches, Randy had to be replaced because uh, the WWF felt he was too recognisable as Moon Dog Rex. So they drafted in uh, the former Killer Krušev, uh, Barry Darso, uh, who is arguably the, the the second best wrestler to have ever walked the face of the earth with a uh, with the Repo Man. Um, but he slotted into the role of Smash, and they they would be kind of looked at as almost like a Legion of Doom road warrior style ripoff, but. I think that's a bit unfair to them because they, they they were they had totally different kind of uh uh styles. They they were kind of more based on uh, the Mad Max uh, uh kind of look with the the leather outfits and the and the the studded uh, um hockey masks. And they had the 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 face paint obviously that was some usually some sort of combination of red, black, white and silver. Uh, they won the tag titles at WrestleMania 4 when they beat Force and went on to hold them titles for a record 478 days, which was only just beaten in 2016 by the New Day, I think. Uh, they'd uh, quickly get them belts back in uh, November 1989 when they beat the Brainbusters, Um And then in WrestleMania 6, they did actually win the titles for the third time when they uh, took them back off Andre and Haku, who they'd, who they'd lost them to. Um, but... Shortly after this this match, they would form the trio that uh, that we all uh, we all know. When Crush was added to the team, uh, in kayfabe terms, he was added as a way to kind of have a numbers advantage against uh, against their opponents. But it was actually in reality, course, uh Ax had developed a, a shellfish allergy, which had hospitalized him. And Vince wanted a, a third member just in case uh, Bill was on, uh, was uh, on the shelf for for extended periods of time crush uh, would would take over axe's position pretty much in in the match uh, and axe would would slowly transition into being almost like a manager but they'd still kind of use that that well-known free bird rule uh on when it came to defending the, the titles uh and it, but at summer slam in 1990 they they lost the belts to uh the Hart foundation in a two out of three falls match uh but in the match, uh, they actually started with smash and crush. But Axa secretly came down later on to substitute himself in uh, behind the referee's back. Uh, but they were ultimately stopped by the Legion of Doom, who just signed with the company about a month earlier. They uh, interfered and snuffed out the deception, and Demolition would never ever go and um, recapture those titles. And they quickly dropped down the the card in popularity. And then uh, Bill would leave the company in 1990, and Then. Unfortunately, the team would break up in uh, in 1991. Uh, Crush would obviously still have a a fairly decent run in WWE afterwards. But uh, out of the three, you'd say Barry Darso had the greatest success when he uh, he adopted the potentially the greatest gimmick that's ever been in wrestling when he was the uh, the Repo Man. So yeah, I'm going to go with a uh, Demolition for my first pick.
2: And it, and it's such a shame that uh, a conspiracy theory of Vince McMahon and Dave Meltzer as. Combined to erase Repo Man's uh, world heavyweight championship from uh, from history, uh, you know it's it's, it's absolutely outrageous, uh, and they've even they've even uh, got rid of uh, Tugboat's following uh, title reign as well. So it is it's just disgraceful.
0: It is. It, is. I, it still hurts. The fact that you brought it up has cut me deep, Rob. Uh, uh, I
2: know we're not supposed to talk about it because you know we'll, we'll have targets on our backs now, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Would be blacklisted by the McMahon's. <laughs> they'll send Tim White's assassin. <laughs> 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 they'll make they'll make us eat uh, rat poison. or <laughs> drink mad uh, mad cow disease.
1: I I know you love the Repo Man. I, I I feel I feel bad, but how how long do you say that title reign was of Demolitions?
0: The record one was four hundred seventy eight days.
1: But that's not a record anymore, is it?
0: No, they was beaten by the new day.
1: So I think the new day has to replace them. Just use it as your second pick, then you toss her.
0: You don't have to. You don't have to veto. I do have to veto. I do have to veto. Um, can I retroactively veto Team Extreme then? You can't retroactively veto. That's I'm. I'm not it's happy with this
3: eh? at all. It's only the bastard. <laughs>
0: a new
1: day after go up there for me i think um they're, they're relentlessly entertaining um this this seemingly everlasting bffs and i hope it goes on that way forever um formed in 2014 with not even a, a hint of separation since um it kind of offered a career resurgence for resurg- a resurgence a career resurgence for um kofi kingston he's not going to edit that out now either because i because
0: i I'm definitely not
1: a career resurgent for Kofi Kingston, which obviously ultimately resulted in a world championship. Um, I think it gave up a, a platform for Xavier Woods' immense creativity. Um, and hopefully it's been the launch pad for, for, for a big big career for Big E. Um, they're eight times tag team champions, longest title reign beating Demolitions. So that's why they need to uh, replace Demolitions. Uh, 483 days. Um, and I just think, I want to put them on because I think they're just the epitome of kind of grabbing the bull by the horns and just making making something work. Um, New Day famously was uh, was their own idea. They felt they were looking in from the sidelines, not getting chances to be on the card, not getting any storylines, and um, and they they got this idea to to band together. And um, originally it was Xavier and Biggie. And um, they convinced Kofi Kingston to join them as well. And even, and you know, they were persistent with that idea. And even when Vince granted it, the idea didn't work originally. They had the, uh, they had the kind of the, the gospel singer gimmick um, didn't work. So they kept that, they kept that. And you know, these three guys are so creative that eventually it, it paid off in, paid off in spades. And I think it just, it it is one of the, one of the examples um, alongside kind of Bray Wyatt that, I think rubbishes all these stories about Vince not trusting in talent. I think he just trusts in the right talent. If they've got the right ideas, then he doesn't just trust in any old shit. Um, Apart from the stuff he writes, apart from the stuff he writes, yeah. Um, So I just think they they should be an inspiration um, to the locker room that if you're kind of talented, creative, likable, then you can make it. If you if you know if you have good ideas, Um, so they back themselves um and kind of yeah they've just become a colorful kind of loved merchandise juggernaut um and i i really enjoy them i love the dancing i love francesca the pancakes bootios unicorn horns the kind of gyrating new, new day just rocks so um i think they've got to be on the mount rushmore for um for their longevity alone and i hope new day lasts forever i hope they never go into the uh I, they never fall into the trap of breaking them up. I think they can, they can just they can just be friends and stable buddies for, for the rest of their careers. What's so special about Hero Bread's Soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and
2: buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop
1: today.
0: It's a great use of the veto. I'm fucking fuming about... about. (laughs) That's why it's a great use of the veto. As if you've took repo, <laughs> man. off, You've hurt me, Paul. that's. I don't know if I can recover from this. But, yeah, they deserve to be on, just not at the expense of, of demolition. It's <laughs> like some top-level bastardry, Paul. I'm impressed. I know.
1: but it doesn't say, even matter now, si- does it? Sin-
0: since he had his COVID hiatus, it's become so political. It's unreal. He's He's been practising vetoing stuff at home, I reckon. Vetoing in the mirror
1: out. every day. <laughs> Four <laughs> hours every morning of well. vetoing.
3: I, I, was actually, I was actually at the uh, I was at that SummerSlam when they started off their uh, record rain. I was uh, me and my brother were in the building the night the night they won it. It was incredible. We were there the next night on Raw as well when the Dudleys came back, which was a massive pop. But with both shows, if you go back and watch it on the network, uh, this is more so for your guys' benefit than anybody listening to it. You can have, you can see me in the uh, the top left corner on some of the shots. Really, and I got I got roundly ridiculed. I can't remember if it was in those matches because at one point. Um, I was just sat there with my phone out. And my mates, I just, my mates just started royally taking the piss. And you've gone, you've gone around the fucking world to watch wrestling. You sat there with your phone out, you dickhead. But, well, that, that, I know, it was Big Show Miz and Ryback, so that's fair enough.
1: Understandable.
2: Yeah. It, in the interests of fairness, though, because Dan's wanting people to point him out in the crowd on uh, various wrestling things, there's a uh, 4GW show from Osset Town Hall with about five people in the crowd. Uh, and Dan is absolutely hanging in the corner. You can you can see him, and he, he looks, you know, dog rough. So you, you need to check
3: that out as well. <laughs> <laughs> I went on my own to try and I went on my own to try and revive myself.
0: <laughs> I just needed a trip out. I was hanging out my ass. <laughs> I think I'd recommend going to see that, uh, seeing that uh, show than the the SummerSlam one. Then there's a video on my Twitter of me spanking a gimp at a rise show. Oh Jesus!
3: Well,
2: that the other day. Yeah,
3: I, I recorded I, that. Oh, <laughs> I put it on the other day. No, it's off the. Um, it's clipped from uh, from the actual uh, show video they put together. Um, it's yeah, it's slightly less odd than uh, Paul's park antics, <laughs> but, but but slightly
1: more real. <laughs> <laughs>
3: slightly more true. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's all it's all allegations until you get caught, and it's Tolly.
1: <laughs> Rob wasn't there to, Hasn't been near to film me in the park. Thankfully, uh, uh,
3: oh yeah, <laughs> the worst thing was the Gimp's mum was laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I got a message off of the next day saying that she had to. Because <laughs> the guy who plays the Gimp is like, he's a trainee. He's what, 18, 19 and uh, he asked. I do know his mum. It's not this. It didn't just all come out of the blue. I do know these people. Um, I got I a message off that of... makes it better. <laughs> makes it funnier uh, I got a message off her of the next day saying thanks to you I've just had to check my son's ass for a handprint shaped bruise." <laughs> <laughs> I was well, pissed as a fart I'd been drinking stings. for three days and it made a proper thundercrack of a noise and all <laughs> I was so proud
0: edge gimps.
3: and I didn't even have to pay <laughs>
0: living the dream <laughs> <laughs> wow anyway so let's go to you guys for your next pick right so um
2: and i, and I mentioned this last time i was on badlands there seems to be a pattern it's a, it's very male dominated um so i think it's time to uh, try and uh, redress that balance a little bit and there's been a load of um women's trios uh, lately you know team uh, team bella pcb the riot squad team bad um but in many ways, um, they were the answer to and because of um, the beautiful people um, who were a stable in uh, TNA. Um, and again, it's a stable that sort of changed members. Um, but uh, the lineup I'm going for is Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, and Madison Rain, uh, which is kind of the classic, if not the original uh, lineup. Um, they started in 2007. Um, within sort of 18 months wwe were scrambling and launched lay coolers kind of the the alternative to them um and what, one of the main things the beautiful people did was they were sort of regularly getting the highest ratings on the on the show for tna they forced tna to have more women's segments um which you know is massively important to um you know the the place of women's wrestling and the fact that um, you know that there was this sort of momentum that TNA brought, brought up with their women's division that later translated into the um, WWE's Women's Revolution and where we see women's wrestling today. Um, in terms of championships um, uh, among sort of the different lineups, there was a couple of TNA um, tag team women's championships, but Angelina Love with a six-time uh, knockouts champion, uh, Madison a five-time and Velvet Sky a, a two-time so completely dominant sort of over that division and they had feuds with kind of everyone in different um, uh, guises from awesome kong gail kim um they ended their um the stable with a feud against the doll house which is kind of almost the new version that was coming up with tyron terello was fantastic at that time uh you know famous for giving their opponents makeovers that kind of thing um just just an absolutely uh brilliant faction and a faction that brought a lot of attention to TNA and really differentiated it as a, uh, as a different product with something unique from um, WWE at the time.
0: Yeah, and, and that that kind of influence that they had is still being shown in TNA now because they still put a, a big focus on the women's division. So, yeah, I think that's a great pick. But it's not up to me. It's whether Dan wants to veto no, it's definitely staying on. I'm really glad you picked beautiful people,
3: Rob. They were on my shortlist. Uh, I'm also really annoyed because I'm really fucking wishing I'd have chucked off the free birds now. Yeah. <laughs> I, really, I I've, been, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about using this veto since we set this up, and now I'm not going to get to
0: use it. You're the only one as well, because I'm definitely going to veto this, yeah. this fucker here. I know, it's I've got, coming. I've got, I've got veto blue balls here. <laughs> is, is, it, is he allowed to go back
3: and uh, veto the free birds? No, no, we're by the rules. Um, so you can slide
2: free count in there, Dan. You what? You can slide yeah. free count in there. What,
3: veto myself?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> no, no, I won't do it. Um, but my, my veto for three count uh, was going to be 3MB. Oh, but yeah, no, I can't fault beautiful people. They were absolutely fantastic, always entertaining. Um, even when they had, uh, you know, when they had cute Kip as well, when he was in there. Um, I'm just really glad uh, that you didn't uh,
0: PNS and meat, which was the, uh, which was the, which is the way I thought you were going initially. <laughs> oh my God, meat! He's been brought up a couple of times on the show. That's the only wrestler I know who's wrestled with a full-on lab like, boner. Stonk on. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the only just, one you know. Was,
0: uh, yeah. No, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope, can't say that. Um, has Repo <laughs> Man ever tagged with uh, Boss Man? Has Repo Man, I don't think he did. Oh, that's a shame. They're in kind of two different like, lines of employment. Because even though he was a Repo Man, he, he technically did steal the items. I don't think they, they signed contracts to say that they owed money on like, Macho Man's hat or anything like that.
2: Mags, we've been through this before. He was gainfully employed. It's just like an <laughs> They will take it away. Everyone's
0: feeling <laughs> that It's the
2: opposite that when they take these products back. But if you can't maintain the payments, then
0: uh, they're going to come and take them away. It's a great <laughs> buddy comedy. He was It'd the, the cash converters of his time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, what are you ponying up for me to veto?
1: Okay, well, I know, I know it's getting thrown out anyway, isn't it? But um, I'm going to go for interesting. Interesting. Rob says that the women don't get much attention. My first team had a, a uh, my first team had Lita in, and this one's got China in because I'm going for um, Degeneration X.
0: Oh, you arsehole. Yeah, was it yours? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not got him. But how do you beat <laughs> Degeneration X? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, I'm going for
1: the um, kind of original lineup. Um, once Rick Rude had left, so Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and China. Um, picking them because they were just game changers for WWE in their um, in their losing battle with WCW at that time, and kind of really started bringing that that mainstream appeal and that cool back to to WWE or WF at the time. Um, formed in 1997, um, feels like the year we talk about most on Badlands. In 1997, comes up all the time, um, and of course they they were brought in as. As uh, almost a foil to to the Heart Foundation, who were who were huge in, in that year as well, um, and they just very quickly became the the embodiment of uh, of the attitude era, um, crass and juvenile and provocative, and they, they were like they were like rock stars basically on the on a on the WWE show. Um, it made a kind of made a top level star out of Triple H. Um, Obviously, China broke out, and, and she broke whole new ground, kind of as, as a threat to to any man on the roster. And obviously, I, I think she, I think she's the only only woman to win a, a man's title in not a man's title, um, win a major title in there in WWE. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I think so. With the I think so. RC.
1: Do you won the Intercon that? I don't think anyone else has done that.
0: I think she was tagged on to win the world, weren't she? She, uh, she was certainly like in the conversation to be S- the first female world champion.
1: That's certainly rumoured. And she became a number one contender at one point, didn't she? Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Triple H screwed her out of it or something. Um, and obviously, uh, the existence of DX at that time kind of made Shawn Michaels infamous and with the, uh, the whole Montreal screwjob that we've talked about so much um you know group became so popular that they recruited mike tyson um for a little bit um and i just think that that initial run of degeneration x from from when Shawn michaels won the title that when Shawn michaels stole the title at <laughs> survivor series 97 to to losing into austin <laughs> you're welcome to uh losing to austin at wrestlemania in 1998 was just really really hot and and they even had a pay-per-view named after them which is, which is really cool, um, and I just think those three. When I think of Generation X, that that is the lineup I think of those three. But it it did lay the foundations. Oh, knock my fucking headset off! <laughs> I'm getting so excited. I mean, it, it, laid, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it laid the foundations for kind of all the iterations of Generation X that followed, and obviously Shawn Michaels left after that WrestleMania match, and triple h was rearing to go kind of step up into that into that uh, kind of main heel position so degeneration x
0: it's it is hard to beat all that the but i am gonna fuck you paul not say uh the credibility credibility is flying out the window well we'll see um so I'm gonna. Go, I mean, you spoke about the the longevity of, of DX. Now they they keep coming back, and I think that kind of tarnishes the reputation that they have because they just sometimes don't know when to quit. Well, the the does, the, yeah. the trio that I've got uh, were only around for about seven months, maybe, uh, but they did certainly make waves. Uh, so going back to October of two thousand and two. Uh, a young Shelton Benjamin and a young Charlie Haas started working their way up the the in house shows. Uh they actually made their TV debut on uh the Boxing Day edition of uh SmackDown of uh, 2002 when they were introduced by Paul Heyman uh as a gift to his uh to his top client Kurt Angle and they were called Team Angle. They quickly got involved in a, a, a storyline with uh, Benoit and Edge, and defeated them uh, in in late January of two thousand and three to become the number one contenders for the for the tag titles. Uh, and then the following week on February the sixth, they actually uh, won the titles by beating the Los Guerreros. Uh, they continued this this uh, rather with Benoit uh, when they faced him and Brock at No Way Out in a, a handicap match and. Uh, th- that's when the team with uh, with Angle for the first time, uh, they lost that match, but uh, they they successfully defended their tag titles against uh, Los Guerreros and Benoit and Rano at WrestleMania 19. Uh, but they eventually lost those belts to uh, Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri. That was a uh, judgment day. And then shortly after this, uh, Angle uh, confronted Benjamin and 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 Haas complained about how they'd been on a, a bit of a losing streak, uh, and they, they they blamed him for them losing the tag titles, and they began to question his uh, his leadership. So he uh, he fired them from Team Angle, so Team Angle was no more. But they continued the storyline for a few weeks, and they both ended up uh, wrestling Angle in uh, in singles matches and then also in tag matches. Now, uh, Angle obviously went on to be one of the most successful wrestlers in, in WWE and in TNA. And uh, the the world's greatest tag team, as they would be known after that, would find success both in and out of WWE. And Shelton's still going uh, going uh, today uh, as part of the the Hurt Business. So, yeah, I'm going to replace DX with Team Angle. Just Just repeat that again. I'm going to replace... with a straight face. <laughs> I can't, but <laughs> you took off demolition and and Repo oh Man, so it's it's happening. Team Angle is better than DX.
1: Shambolic. I can't do anything about it. It's shambolic.
0: I'm not even going to stand up for you, Mags. You reap what you saw, Mister Taller.
1: There's <laughs> a legitimate argument for replacing demolition with a new day.
0: Mm. <laughs> Tumbleweeds. <laughs>
2: Just a poor man's Main Event Mafia, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a what a sick take. What a faction. Main Event Mafia were actually really, I enjoyed Main I mean, they, they booked themselves so that they, they were the absolute best and they kind of held a lot of people back. But I loved Main Event Mafia. Oh, I thought oh, they were well.
3: great, especially at the start of the theme chart. So. I've signed up for Impact Plus, so I'm going to go back and watch all that. Because I only finally saw that one aired on Bravo about six weeks late and never in yeah. order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had some
1: really good stables in in uh, TNA at that time. I mean, they've always had really good stables, actually.
3: Team Canada. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that... my uh, my fourth pick. My final pick for us, which uh, which I can see probably getting vetoed off. Rob's got a real glint in his eye and a and a shit-eating grin. Um, but I'm sticking with uh, I'm sticking with TNA for my pick, and I'm going with Dick A. Ooh, oh, um, great pick! Yeah, yeah. Um, Abyss, one of probably the best big man to never wrestle for WWE. Hell of a character all throughout his time in TNA. Um, him and his uh, him and his brother uh Joseph, uh obviously did really well. Um Crazy Steve I've spoken on on this programme before about how uh, about my respect for him and how much I enjoy his work. Love the uh just love the face paint. The little monkey's got the horn, everything. It's just <laughs> batshit mental and absolutely love it. And for me Rosemary is one of the best characters to come through impact full stop. She's just fantastic. But it kind of sticks with my with um with my sort of thing with the NWO and that they've sort of revolutionised um the wrestling business in a way, um, it, mostly with the uh, it's the uh, the broken uh, the broken hardy stuff uh, the delete or decay the tag team being part of the tag team apocalypto that when it was going on was unlike anything mm-hmm. any of us had ever seen and it just absolutely hooked me in the whole thing was just brilliant and it was oddly prescient in the obviously this day and age um a lot of uh, a lot of companies have had to go cinematic with how the film various uh, bits and pieces just to keep going um also with that there were um obviously there were TNA tag champions only once which i found amazing because they're with the wolves just seemed to go on forever and ever. I thought they traded it back and, forwards, uh, back and forth, but they haven't. Rosemary obviously became the uh, the knockout champion during the time they were together as well, but none of them were ever afraid to mix it up in the hardcore matches, like I say in the, the batship mental cinematic match, uh, matches, and I think we will see going forward. It's waned a little bit now, but I think we will see, have to see going forward uh, a much more cinematic style, and none of that would have... Quite hit the heights it has without decay.
0: It's a great pick, and and uh, the the story you you mentioned on the last time round Badlands about about Crazy Steve being being legitimately bland. That was something I'd never heard of. And then after you you uh you brought it up, it got picked up by like mainstream media and like you were hearing Cultaholic and what culture like talk about how it came out, it, it was it was blind. So you kind of like you scooped that that uh that story like months before it dropped. It's almost like I'm one of the few people
3: who follows wrestling that actually has a journalism degree. <laughs> yeah. well, so you
2: didn't my <laughs> uh, my appearance on wrestling with statistics when I told that story a month before. <laughs> wow only so because you heard it from me <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stop next to you Dan.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah but i was closer so i heard it first <laughs> by about by about six inches
2: um no that's an excellent pick and, and, and i'm kind of gutted because um I, I was all ready to um to say um you know that that pick makes you a clown and i'm going to uh veto it with Psycho Circus but uh, I can't even do that now um which is a stable of clowns in Mexico um no they um I absolutely agree Decay, Decay was amazing um one of the things that I was really sad about was that um we never got a corporate Decay because we had uh, Abyss doing his um um Joseph Parks looking for his brother you know uh, his brother Chris you know Abyss um which was just absolutely brilliant and um yeah, it, Obviously, you had the sort of time when um, Kane was doing sort of the corporate side and um, corporate Kane and monster Kane, and I think it would have been absolutely brilliant, I think, if you'd have put um, Rosemary and Crazy Steve in uh, suits at the time and have them sort of as the general managers of Impact. But uh, aside from that, um, just on Rosemary, I'd be really interested in your opinion on this, Mags, or maybe even Carloff's uh, opinion. What do you think to the Rosemary Sexy Star Um move in uh, AAA when supposedly Sexy Star broke her arm? Uh,
0: it, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, uh, but I, I saw the Twitter backlash about it when it happened. And, yeah, um, if it was legitimate that, that Sexy Star attempted to to hurt Rosalie on purpose, that's that's a scummy move. Well, I mean, the re- the reason I
2: ask is that in a Judy Gutami, you'd normally try and go to the side to break the arm, and she was going up and down, which makes me think it's a work, but... I'm a conspiracy theory who believes uh, everything in wrestling is a work, so I don't know. But uh, it just its not the way that you would have tried to break someone's arm. No. I mean. But I'd be, I'd be interested in, uh, in uh, your son's opinion,
0: though, because obviously he knows a lot more than, uh, than me. Then, so. and, and certainly a lot more than me. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find a clip of it and, and show him, and, yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss it. Did it affect Sexy Star's career at all? Well, she she was
2: transitioning to MMA, so I think she was going to leave wrestling at the time anyway, and then it sort of gave her this image of this, you know, hard person who was going to go and break the rules, so it just seemed a little bit too convenient at the time. So yeah, yeah, convenient.
1: Lack- and put, put more eyes on uh, Rosemary as well. Yeah, like as a, as a way out
2: of
0: the sport.
1: Yeah, but as I say,
2: you know, it's one of these things with wrestling. You're sort of so conditioned to think everything's a work, that. When things are really like, nah,
0: that's a work, you know. So got, got my tin hat on, but that's just uh... well, she certainly has transitioned into MMA. She's got a five and zero record, so she's she's unbeaten in MMA. No, well, it's probably because they're scared of her because they think
3: <laughs> she's gonna break me arm. Yeah. She beat because she beat a demon in a fight.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See if it'd been corporate, Rosemary, no one would have cared. But
3: <laughs> going back to that, Rosemary actually, Rosemary did play the. Um... Sort of the multiverse angle. Um, though she, I've not actually seen it. I've seen snippets of it. The uh, sort of web series she did with uh, with Ali, um, you know, into the multiverse. And she even set up multiple Twitter accounts for Rosemary, for Courtney Rush. Uh, I think there was a couple of other characters she played as well. Um, so yeah, she's sort of leaned into that. And I just want to throw it out there again because going back to the cinematic stuff, I bloody loved Wrestle House. I don't know yeah, if don't- any of you guys have seen it.
0: I've, yeah, I've, I've heard seen it. So much good things about it. It's just I just haven't seen any episodes of it yet. Just look up, just look at it, it. same as I said on the when I was on um previously,
3: it is just completely daft, but just f- full on full on joy when Triple <laughs> XL and the deaners are getting into a fight because the deaners think that Triple XL drank their beer. And it includes it includes it includes it includes AC, uh, Cody Dina using a pedal bin to smack uh, AC Romero in the bollocks.
0: Uh, and Larry, Larry <laughs> D. The pedal to flip it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: so the classic. bin lid straight into the daddy bags.
2: Uh, and Larry D. has got his irresistible uh, aftershave ring rust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's had a he's had a spell put on him by Rosemary to become all suave and sophisticated to make Johnny Bravo jealous. So he calls himself Lawrence D and starts just, just dressing in like flowery shirts with big collars and shit and slicking his hair back.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to catch some of it because yeah, I've heard so much good stuff about it. Put Crazy Steve in a in a blindfold match with
3: um, Johnny Swinger. Because uh, Swinger accidentally threw powder in his eyes, and Steve was rolling around I was going, I'm blind, I'm blind, I'm blind. And Tommy so Dreamer leans in. She goes, Steve, you're blind anyway. And he's like, Yeah, but like, you yeah, don't know that. Yeah. Johnny Swinger was telling
2: everyone that you're allowed to throw powder in people's eyes if you shouted Fuji first.
0: <laughs> right, let's round ours off, Paul. Um, I've got a couple left to, to go from, uh, but I I think to add a little bit of legitimacy to ours after the the woeful uh vetoes, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to bookend the show. I'm gonna have to go with the fabulous free birds. You can't have a Mount Rushmore of Trios without it being they were the the guys that 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 brought trios to the forefront. Um wax lyrical about them obviously. Um but yeah um they'll have to they they have to go on it's as simple as that they've had uh, a legendary feud with the von errickson in uh, w c c w uh they when they they went to um g c w and and uh world championship wrestling and uh they literally just toured the americas with uh and they were just stars wherever they went uh the the feuds that they had in a-, 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 w- a uh were primarily with the road warriors uh where i think they cost them the tag titles uh in a match against uh uh jimmy garvin and, and Stephen regal uh, they only had a very short run in in uh, WWE in, in the kind of like rock and uh, wrestling uh, period, and uh, they were actually managed, or they were wrestled under the garden sorry, of uh, of Cindy Lopez's manager, uh, David Wolf. Uh, but they they left after uh, a bit of an altercation with Andre the Giant, uh, who uh, went mad at him for for turning up late to a show. Uh, and then after that, they they went to AWA, returned to world class, and even went to the UWF for for a short run where uh, Gordie was actually the the, the champion there, uh, and uh, Buddy Roberts held the TV title, and, and Hayes was the the manager of the, of the two. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the the fabulous Freebirds. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it, Paul.
1: It's a fine choice. I wouldn't have anyway.
0: Oh, but demolition got the got shit canned. Yeah, no regrets. I do have one question for you,
3: for you guys, Mags and Paul. Just think, this just occurred to me halfway through the show. On Badlands, obviously, always mention Repo Man and Big Boss Man, so they're like two parts of a Badlands faction. Who's your third, and you can't say Lou Albano?
1: <laughs> oh wow, what a question!
3: Mm-hmm. To make the Badlands triumvirate. Who's your third man? Who's your Hulk Hogan coming in?
0: Who comes up a lot? Pepper the the dog. (laughs) Pepper comes (laughs) up an awful lot, yeah. Moppy. I'd pick Moppy.
1: Yeah, Moppy's come up a few
0: times. (laughs) That's a a solid trio. Yeah. Moppy, Repo Man and Boss Man. Three of the all-time greats. I like it. The official Badlands trio. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't think I'd go that far.
3: That, <laughs> actually, that leans into one of my honorable mentions because I very nearly let my, uh, let my British bias take over and I was going to name the British Bulldogs um, Dynamite Kid, British Bulldog, and Matilda. Yep. It, it, I very nearly went that way. Yeah.
0: It's it so a pit. Bulldog uh, comes up a lot, actually. Yeah, and it gets vetoed a lot.
1: I do veto one of the British Bulldogs every few weeks.
3: You're so bad,
0: Paul. Why, why do I put up with that? Um,
3: why did you start I, a podcast with somebody who started watching wrestling three weeks ago?
0: No, the, the, be- the best thing is I run the idea of buying thinking he was the perfect person to to be on the podcast. And every week since I've bitterly regretted that that decision. I wish I kept the idea to myself now. <laughs> I, d- I did always
1: wonder why you, why, <laughs> why you approached me and what number on the list I actually was.
0: <laughs> yeah, just roll, going through the Rolodex. <laughs> so you, you have heard
1: Five minutes ago, haven't you? The unedited shambles that is Five minutes ago. It's like uh, a
2: Tony Khan uh, tweet when he says he, you know, he, he couldn't get the first, second, third or fourth choice. Oh,
0: wow. But <laughs> the, the <great laughs> they're, they're going to bring in a defender. <laughs> <laughs> the grief he got, got about that as well, so fucking just, clown. Yeah, it was. You don't do that. the The Fulham fans can't stand the cons. Absolutely can't stand. Even after they got promotion, he was literally on the next plane over to to Florida for AEW. They were they were absolutely fuming with him. That and the whole Michael Jackson statue. Yeah, that yeah, that's. I don't think that was the cons or that was was that not? Uh, really i
1: Offered, wasn't it, am
3: yeah. no, not I'm not up on my uh, yo-yo club ownership st- uh, <laughs> histories.
0: <laughs> Did you have any um, uh, honourable mentions, Rob, people who, who just didn't make the cut? Um, one
2: that I... Um, well, The Shield was uh, in there. Um, obviously, um, all three of them have gone on to great things. Um, they were really protected when they uh, came up massive undefeated streak. Um the first time they got the comeuppance was when Jake Roberts made his uh, return to uh, WWE um, after, you know, what, 20 years or something uh, ridiculous and um, came out and uh, had um, the uh, the snake going over uh, Dean Ambrose. Um, um, Dean Ambrose broke the record for um, the U.S. title, although he never defended it. It was pretty lacklustre rain, but he still, still sort of had it. Um, you know, they've, they've gone on to be the sort of top guys in wwe and ambrose is now in uh, aew um you know that they had a massive impact um the other one um and because it was like a trio that fought as a trio and won a trio championship and was the heart and soul of a trio division um i've gone for son of havoc Eva east and Helico from lucha underground um two-time trios champions um that they were very much the faces of that division, and they didn't actually have a tag team division in Lucha uh, Underground. It was just the trios, so you know it, it was a lot more kind of mainstream than something like you know the the never open weight six men is just you know the the three people have jammed together that week, isn't it? No yeah. one really, no one really cares. You know, not not to disparage Yoshihashis. Uh, <laughs> it's it's about as prestigious as something as you might get off the back of a, a box of Frosters, you know.
0: <laughs> so It's as prestigious as the time Midian found uh, the European title and he was just giving it.
2: But th- <laughs> there has been some some great times when people have found championships, like when Eric Young found the old TNA championship belt in the, uh, the bin and uh, was going around defending. That That was absolutely classic. Um, like he, the re- I
3: was just about to say, like the rehashing with Moose at the minute.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, people say he didn't win that championship, but he found it fair and square, you know. But he, <laughs> he's absolutely gone on, and it, he's made it feel more important than the um, Impact's World Championship, which is kind of ridiculous.
3: But which, well, it was it was stuck in Mexico and couldn't be uh, couldn't be featured. they had, to, I'm pretty sure they've had to make a new belt for uh, for Eric Young. Yeah, but
2: um, no, there, there has been great times when people have found a uh, found a championship, but um, yeah.
3: I had a couple, I had a, obviously like DX, Team Extreme, New Day, uh, Beautiful People on my list as well. I had a couple of veto picks as I mentioned, which were 3MB, Main Street Posse
0: and the Job Squad. Um, <laughs> fucking Job Squad, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Gilbert, if yeah. Gilberg ever makes it onto a Mount Rushmore, this show ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one that I actually looked
3: into, and I couldn't find much on them, it um, it's a trio called Super Sky Team from CMLL. I don't know if, Rob, if you've ever no. seen or heard of them.
2: Um, yeah, and there's two promotions in Mexico. What One takes things really seriously
3: and one takes the piss, which do you think I'm watching? Piss-taking. <laughs> Piss-taking. Triple-A <Yeah. laughs> all the way. <laughs> um, but the original team was um, Mystico, who went on to be Sin Cara, uh, Sombra, who's now Andrade, and Volador Jr. Uh, they didn't really do much that I could find, but the second incarnation of it... Were re- the sort of reformed in 2015. It was Mystico Two, uh, which is uh, Dragon Lee, mm-hmm. Volador Junior is still in there, and somebody called Valiente. I couldn't even find any matches online when I was lo- <laughs> when I was looking about. But they're the longest reigning CMLL trios champions of all time. The belts have been active for like 19 years, and they held them from February 13th, 2015, to July 1st, 2018. A reign of 1,234 days, and no matches. I well, don't know how many times it was defended. But the only <laughs> rain, the only reign that might be longer is uh, Black Warrior, Blue Panther and Dr. Wagner Jr. But they don't actually know when they vacated the title, so they can't verify it. So they were sort of my uh, my really sort of outlier pick. But I didn't want to do a tolly and just have like three words to say.
2: Well, we, we, we should veto our list and get the one with Dr. Wagner in, because you know how I feel about Dr. Wagner, right? <laughs> Should be on
3: any. No, shit! I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Oh, yeah. I, could have had, I could have had super oh, bollocks. I really fucked this up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we myself my... into a corner. You could have you got did, rid well, of. You just the, the, the I did have free um,
2: birds. You're up. I did have psycho circus as well that I nearly uh, would have um, um, vetoed yours with, um, which are psycho clown, monster clown, and murder clown. I and mean, it sounds ridiculous as the clowns, but. Um, the two time triple a trios champions and they went on an absolutely insane run they they were originally sort of um put together to sort of beat goldberg's undefeated streak sort of thing and uh, went undefeated for um over three years um they've had mini spin offs as well, which i don't think they'd have done that in c m l l um i don't know maybe they would have done but um you know there's a mini version of the uh, of the faction and Psycho Clown's gone on to be the face of uh, AAA. triple A, so it's kind of um you know myself sort of massively important. There's even another clown that's been introduced called Dave the Clown, which I'm wondering if it's a little uh, slight as someone in wrestling media, but
3: who knows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> know the other could be <laughs> oh.
3: clowning name and
1: nature. <laughs> so speaking of uh dave the clown i've i had uh i had the elite on there and i had the shield
0: yeah i had uh i had legacy which uh i was i was tempted to use as a veto um and i also had one that i'm again i'm surprised that they haven't been brought up but the colony from chikara uh the ants. Um, Chikara was like just, so it was such a uh, a fun kind of promotion until uh, it was tarnished by uh, Quack and Bush and his his dalliances. But yeah, I used to really enjoy watching uh, watching the Colony Farts. So yeah, I would have gone with them too. That's why I stayed away from British wrestling, to be honest. Yeah, just the <laughs> yeah. amount of nonsense, alleged nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. you don't want to get sued, Alan, and
3: Joey, Ryan. Yeah, it's, you... got, it's got to have been a proven fact, like Paul masturbating at pigeons in the park.
1: <laughs> <It's> photographing <laughs> evidence. Uh, who, who would you pick? That a British wrestling, just out of interest.
3: Uh, to me, I didn't even I didn't even begin to think about it. Okay, I just thought I'm just staying away from it. The, the obvious one off the top of my head is British strong style. Yeah, um, of course, yeah, that's the obvious one. It's the only one that immediately springs to mind. Like I said, it end up being. Um, it end up being people who I've seen wrestling in front of about twelve people in a gym in Leeds. Um, so yeah, nothing's pretty if, if I think of anything, I'll, I'll DM you, Paul. I know you'd be really interested in and go and seek all the matches out and
0: <laughs> and, re- and really deep delve into into his research.
2: Yeah. So you're saying, saying down that Team Mega Slam doesn't count as a uh, a trio.
0: Fuck no. <laughs> No, we'll leave that one well alone. Well, guys, this has been brilliant. It's been as good as I thought it would be, even with uh, the revelations of, of Paul and his uh, his park antics. Um, we need a topic from you guys now, so with there being two of you, uh, you can either argue the toss or you can give us a topic each. I completely forgot about this bit again. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> 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 Give s- me stick topic. all
1: show for my for my free line answers and uh... you, you do it every week, Paul. You're, you're, you're <laughs> here
2: every week. I'm a guest. you Rob. Do you want me to kill some time and you can think of one rather than?
3: <laughs> no, you go, Rob. If you've got one, if you've got one locked and loaded.
2: Yes, uh, I don't know if you've have done this one, but it, and as I've got to thinking about it, um, with the referee one because. There's lots of referees like you mentioned, Teddy Long and um, Jim Ross and Bill Alfonso and Shane McMahon that have gone on to be more famous doing something else than the thing they started out as. So I think it'd be really interesting to have a a Mount Rushmore of people who are more famous in the second wrestling career or potentially third or fourth. Because you've got people like you know Bobby Heenan who started out as a wrestler and then as a manager and then there's a commentator I argue he's more famous as a commentator so I think that'd be an interesting one That's a,
0: a really interesting one, that, that really would take Paul some real research to 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 dig out some, some picks there I think I need a week off before that one I've just, I'm I've really... just,
2: I've just given a five there <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm really glad we discussed this before the
3: show Rob, it's a really solid topic Have you got one to to beat it though Dan? Yeah, I think I've got one that might tell... I think I've got one that might make Paul tell me to fuck off again.
1: That's (laughs) not the aim uh, of the
3: game. (laughs) No, it's the the aim of my game. (laughs) Um, No, I can't do that. I've got the darts on. I was going to say the Mount Rushmore of uh, wrestlers as darts darts players, but that's a bit too niche, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, That would probably only apply to like 1% of our listener base.
3: Didn't one (laughs) used to come out to CM Punk's music? Yeah, Paul Nicholson. He was a right prick. <laughs> no, we'll leave it at Rob's. I'm a I'm, a, I'm a complete failure. <laughs> oh, he's 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 pulled a Jess on us.
1: He has. He's done a Jess. It's graceful. He won't be invited back.
3: <laughs> yes, I fucking will. Is
0: that you, that you say Jess is not, not invited back. He's not...
2: <laughs> <laughs> he won't be invited back. You've had him on like a month after he was on before. It's going to be the quickest turnaround of anyone you've... <laughs> There's been times when Tolly's had a bigger gap
0: than that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, uh, guys, this has been brilliant. Uh, you let the Badlands listeners know where they can get all of you guys on, on social media. Um, I'm at UTT Rob. Um, you can uh, follow me for
2: uh, ranting about Huddersfield Town's transfer policy. Uh, I follow not working and uh, uh, just some general wrestling chat. I'm happy to follow back.
3: I'm uh, I'm a, at @dangriffin21 you can follow me uh, there and see live tweets of wrestling and movies that are a minimum of 7 years old because I'm chronically behind on everything <laughs> including thinking up topics.
0: You were talking then about uh, Huddersfield's transfer uh policy at Burnley's is is non-existent it's absolutely disgusting. Uh so I I feel you there Rob. Uh Tully. The, your favorite part of the show. I lo- love this part. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can,
1: thanks for listening, everyone. You can, uh, you can follow up my good pal, magsy Moo over at, uh, at Dej Kirkby, D E J Kirkby. Um, and you can hear his lovely selection of other podcasts at various places. You've got five rounds pod over at the visionaries global media network and and uh shooting the sportsish. you've got talk at the table also at visionaries global media radio techers which is at shooting the sports it's really hard to say this one you know shooting the sportsish. I, I feel like it's not even really a channel it's just been designed to fuck up my outro <laughs> you
0: know, it, that's just a happy accident
1: yeah i wouldn't put it past you <laughs> radio radio techers shooting the sportsish and um cheer shot radio network and you can follow me at rain counter and listen to me at five nerds go um and if you enjoyed this you can listen to us every single thursday at at radio network um stay safe everyone and always use your head